Hi, everyone. Welcome to tonight's Tiyanka Hillen. Um, tonight's class should be a chus for Rafal Shalema, for Rafal Tzvi Yehuda Ben Rivka. Okay, um, I invite you all to have your Tehillim in front of you and, of course, a hot cup of your favorite tea and a delicious piece of chocolate. Tonight, we will be delving into Parak Chaf Gimel, a parak that we are all familiar with from our Shalash Shadis Zeros every Shabbos. Although many of you know it by heart, I invite you to open your Tehillim and follow along with me. Um, it will be a better experience for you. Uh, the way I usually, you know, teach my Tehillim classes is that I start with a general overview of the parak, and then I'm going to go into each pasuk individually, and we're going to examine each one on its own. Okay, so parak Chavgimah. The setting of this parak is that it is written by David Amalek when he was hiding in a dangerous forest and running away from Shaul, who was trying to kill him. So instead of being fearful and falling apart, David uses this opportunity to compose a beautiful song that is intended to comfort and guide mankind through our challenges throughout the ages. And this, this is really the beauty of Tehillim in general. Tehillim is not written by David Amalek on his couch while he's um, cuddling up and relaxing. Tehillim is written live from the battlefield. He's writing it in his most terrifying, difficult times in his life, and he has many. David uses this platform of Tehillim to clearly show us by example what our perspective should be in troubling times and how we can get through them in the best way. In particular, this parak, Parak of Gimel, that we're doing tonight, serves as a step-by-step guide. It's pretty amazing. A step-by-step guide to transcend our challenges in the most ideal ways. Um, I was overwhelmed by all the beautiful mafarshim and ideas, and it, it was endless. And although there are only six psukim in this parak, there is a tremendous amount of wisdom encased in each and every one. So let's begin. Parak Chavkemo Pasuk Aleph. Mizmar Ledavid Hashem Roi. A psalm of David, God is my shepherd. So we see here that David Amalek is using a metaphor of a, a shepherd, and he's comparing Hashem to a shepherd. So this makes sense. We know that the job of a shepherd is to take care of every single need of all of his sheep, from giving them medicine to give, helping them give birth. The shepherd takes them to the nicest fields to graze. He protects them from intruders. He shears their wool. And there's really they're out in the middle of nowhere, and their only concern is their sheep. So it really makes a lot of sense. The question is, though, in, the, in those days, being a shepherd was considered very, very low class. It was a low class job, being alone all day, talking to the sheep in the middle of nowhere. Uh, even being a farmer was cooler than that. So why is David using the description of a shepherd when talking about Hashem if a shepherd is, like, you know, representing something lowly? So the answer to this is that while most people would have a very hard time living a lonely life of the shepherd, okay, humans are made that we need social interaction, and I think we all are coming face-to-face with that reality um, these days. Um, Most people would have a very hard time, but 
The fact that David is comparing Hashem to a shepherd is showing that David, he was a shepherd in his youth, and it shows that he really valued his loneliness. He valued his time in, in the field with the sheep, and he used it as an opportunity to connect with Hashem. And there's a very nice lesson here for all of us, especially with what we're going through now. Um, many of us, you know, even if we have big families, we're still isolated from the outside world, and we don't have to be lonely when we're alone. It doesn't have to be that way. We learn from David Amalek, who enjoyed his time alone in the field. We can allow ourselves to either get depressed, or we can use our alone time to dive in, to learn, to work on ourselves, to explore what's in our heart, what's our goals, what do we want, what, what do we really want in life, where do we want to get to, um, how can we best and how can we best achieve all of these goals? And this is something, these are things that we can't do when we're surrounded by people. Okay? Lo echzar. The rest of the Pasuk says, lo echzar, I lack nothing. So now we spoke about Hashem being a shepherd. Um, we just spoke about Hashem as a shepherd. And now we're saying, we're talking about the sheep. We're talking about us. That we don't lack anything. What? Think about it. Does a sheep ever have to worry about anything when he has a shepherd? Never. Nothing. He doesn't have to worry about, he has no, not one care in the world. And when it comes to our life and our accomplishments and everything that we go through, we have to remember also that, yes, of course, we have to do all of our shabbos, put in all the effort necessary to get where we want to go. But at some point, we have to let go. And we have to remember that lo achsar, whether I do this or not, Hashem's taking care of me at the end of the day. And that's very important. And I just wanted to give a personal example. Um, recently, a few months ago, I was, trying to, um, I, I was trying to complete a project of some sort. And I really was putting in all of my efforts in every single way. And it started to get frustrating. And I started saying, like, really? What, what more can I do? And I was on the phone with a, a very treasured friend of mine. And she said, Yal, I think it's time to let go. Can you just tell yourself that you can let go now? Um, you, you can let go. You're being guided. And I adopted this as my mantra. After I put in a certain amount of effort, I, you know, where I really feel like I exhausted everything I could and it's enough now, I say to myself, I can let go now. I am being carried. And this really activates in me a feeling of trust, a very deep feeling of trust. And I started doing that. And from there, I saw a lot of siyat of the shmaya that put me on a clear path to my goal. So, okay, <clears throat> here's my question now. Very nice. This is a beautiful idea. But let's go back to these words, lo echsar, I do not lack anything. Um, how could this be true, right? We all have so many things that we need, so many things that we want. How can we say that we don't lack anything? Um, even the same thing we see in Brachos every morning. We say, Asali Kaltarki, Hashem gives me all of my needs. <clears throat> How does this make any sense? The answer is that at any given moment in your life, whatever you have at your disposal is exactly what you need to fulfill your task. So, like, think about what I told you before during that time that I didn't have what I wanted and I was trying so hard to reach a goal and I wanted it so badly, really looking back now, I realize 
that that experience, that, that was what I needed then. I needed to not have my goal because I needed to rely on Hashem in a deeper way than ever before. So whatever it is that we are lacking is exactly what we need. He lies me down in pleasant green pastures. He leads me beside the peaceful waters. I remember my principal in high school teaching us this pasuk, and I still never forgot it. Um, and it's, what it's saying is that sometimes we want to be going and doing and coming, and Hashem lies us down, and he says, no, you're, you're not doing anything now, just like the situation that we're all in. We want to work, we want to do, we want to accomplish, we want to go about our lives, and we can't. So, and sometimes we want to rest and we want to relax, and Hashem is pushing and nudging us forward even when we don't want to be moving. We want to, we want to just be relaxed and lazy and chilled. Almost like when you finally go lie down on a busy Friday and, and you, you, you get into your bed and a minute later your kid's come pounding on your door that uh, there's someone at the door or someone's killing someone else or someone just broke your favorite vase. Um, you know, this is life. We don't, it's not the way we want it to be. Hashem has a, a, a plan. And the message here is that David is saying when you want to be going places and Hashem lies you down, you should picture that you're been Ostesha. Don't be upset that Hashem is leaving you to just rest and do nothing now when you want to be moving. Benostesha Yarbitani. Hashem is lying me down in a lush meadow. It's, exi- it's, it's, it's perfect and it's beautiful, even though it's not what I want. And when you want to rest and Hashem takes you places, see yourself walking next to tranquil waters. That you're being guided in the most beautiful way. In other words, Relax into whatever situation you find yourself in, knowing that you are being guided in the most perfect way. Pasuk Gimel, Nafshi Yeshovev, he restores my soul. So now with these feelings that we just described of the Meimenuchos and the, and the Benosesha, we know we, our soul is restored. We could be at peace. We have an inner acceptance and we're in a, surrender, a surrendered place where we could just relax and be calm. And go with the flow. He leads me in the path of justice for his name's sake. So the Magli Tzedek, this path of justice is referring to the journey of our life. And the journey of our life is an obstacle course with many ups and downs and many stops on the way. And it has been custom tailor-made for each one of us. I just want to say over something that I tell my students every year around Chodesh Elo when it comes time for tshuva. And I always present the question out there, like, so it's Chodesh Elo and it's time to do tshuva, but what exactly, I can't work on everything, right? That's clear. We have to pick one thing at a time. So what am I picking, right? Which, which, which thing should I work on? How am I meant to know that? And I tell them, girls, Follow the yellow brick road. Take the path that Hashem is setting before you. In other words, all the challenges that you come across in life, difficult emotions, difficult experiences, even the smallest of things, use these as road signs that are pointing you in the right direction, in the direction that you're meant to be going in, and put all your focus and all your energy there. It's beautiful to work on benching with more kavana or 
remembering to say alamechia or davening mincha or not saying lashon hara, those are all super important. But do those things after, after you deal with whatever is right in front of you. Hashem is waving a flag in your face. He's telling you, look, you're feeling distressed. Deal with this. Get to a place of feeling a better, a higher level of well-being in this area. Feel better about this. Do this. And, and some of us ignore it, and we just, you know, we go the other way. So um, that's the way I look at Mazlai Tzedek, the, the path of justice. is that's, that's the path that we need to be taking. Pasuk Dalid. Though I walk in the valley of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Another beautiful lesson over here. Um, like I said, this tarak is just a wellspring of wisdom. Um, okay, so the valley of death, the gates of that David is referring to here, is an actual, he's actually referring to a specific place where he almost got killed by Shaul. So it really was, quite literally, the valley of death. Um, and he's saying, I don't fear any, <coughs> I don't fear any evil. I don't fear any evil that any human being can do to me because when, when you have fear of Hashem, there's no room in your life to fear anyone else. David knows that nobody could do any harm to him without Hashem's approval. So when we think about the relationships that we have in our lives, um, you know, hopefully they're all positive and beautiful. Um, you know, at times when we find ourselves in a negative situation with someone, if you should find yourself in that state, it's very important to remember this point. Staying angry and holding a grudge is only shooting the messenger. Anything that they, any negative thing that they did to you, if it didn't come through them, it would have come in a different way. It would have come through someone else. Um, there's a famous quote, resentment is like swallowing poison and expecting the other person to die. So the one that you're ultimately hurting the most by staying angry at somebody is yourself. They're likely moving on with their life, but you're holding in you all these negative feelings. So we want to take a lesson here from David Amelach, and we want to say, no, I, 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 I'm very aware that everything that happens in my life is from Hashem, and this person barely has anything to do with it. They're just a messenger. Your rod and your staff, they together, they comfort me. So beautiful. This is a beautiful idea. The shepherd uses one stick. He uses the same stick to guide and lead his sheep that he uses to coax them along in the direction that he wants them to go in. And, and sometimes he has to be a little aggressive and, and hit them a little bit. When Hashem punishes us, it is also the same, it's the same thing. We view, sometimes we view punishment and we view Hashem's help and support as two separate things. They seem like opposites, but the reality is that just like a shepherd uses the same stick to guide and to hit, Hashem also, it, it, the, the, the challenges and the support that we get from him is really one and the same. And they're both, they should both, David is saying, both of these things are a comfort to me because I know, I'm smart enough to know that really they're both, they're both, they come from the same place, they're the same thing. It's just in our perception that we view them as opposites. But a challenge is not a roadblock. A challenge is a road sign and a map to help us along on the right path. So it's one and the same. Pasuk hey. 
You prepare a table before me against my oppressors. So when the Jews left Egypt, all their enemies were like mocking them and saying, oh, you think that in the wilderness there's going to be a table to eat at? There's going to be a table set there for you? And here, <coughs> David is using the words of the enemy in describing the kindness of Hashem. And David is saying, guess what, guys? Guess what, Sorari, the oppressors, the enemies? There was a table set in the wilderness for the Jews. In fact, they didn't even need a table. Hashem sent man fresh every single day to their doorstep that tasted exactly the way they wanted it. They didn't even have to say what they wanted it to taste like. It just tasted like however their heart desired. Um, so this is neged right against the oppressors. Hashem did opposite of what the enemies predicted. Dishanta Hashem and Rosi, you anointed my head with oil. David is thanking Hashem for making him king here. And think about it. Being a king definitely comes with major challenges, right? Sometimes I feel bad for Donald Trump. Um, it must be excruciating sometimes, most of the time. Um, so, you know, being a king definitely comes with its share of difficulties. And so, too, we're each appointed with jobs in our lives, with roles. We each have so many roles to fill in our lives, daughters, wives, mothers, wherever, whatever job we're doing, whatever chesed we do, whatever people look to us for. We have so many roles. And they're not always easy. But our work is to fill our roles, to, to, to fulfill our roles with simcha and gratitude. Just like David HaMelech is praising Hashem here for anointing him with oil, for making him into the king of Kal Yisrael, we have to find the joy in, our, in all of our roles and do them with love and gratitude. Um, just as another personal example that I want to give, um, at one point I started to find it hard to um, when the kids come home from school at the end of the day and every, everything descends on you at the same time and I just felt like homework and supper and cleaning up and bath and it just I ended up starting to dread it and I said to myself this is my this is my most important role in my life and I'm going to dread it um, so I decided that I'm going to ask myself what I love about being a mother and that's what I'm going to focus on so I created um, I love statements. And before they would come home from school for a few days, I did this. I would talk about all the things I love about being with my children. I would say, I love give, feeding my children delicious hot meals and seeing them enjoy it. I love being able to teach them about all the things that are important to me. I love that it makes me a better person to have to be a role model for them. Dot, 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 dot. And I really just did this a couple of times, a handful of times, and, and then I forgot about it. And a few weeks later, uh, one day I'm just, you know, I stopped and I said, wait, you know, things have been going pretty smoothly with them after school lately, and suddenly I'm enjoying weeknights much more. And I remember that, well, I did something about it. I, I, I spoke about all the things that I love, and when, when we talk to our brain, our brain believes us, and it really had an impact on my reality. So this is something that I very much recommend. Um, it's a beautiful technique. It's called saying I love the statement. Um, whatever you're not liking so much about the roles in your life, um, talk about what you love about them and talk about it often and you'll see that things will shift in your reality. 
Kosi Revaya, my cup is overflowing. So David is in the midst of running away from death, but he sees the cup not only as half full, he sees it as overflowing. How on earth is this even possible? And the answer is in this parak. The answer is in every single pasuk in this parak. How could it not be possible? David's whole focus in life, his entire mindset, is that Hashem is leading him down the right path and the Maglai Tzedek and taking care of all of his needs, Hashem Roi Lo Achsar, and, and, and walking him by tranquil waters and lying him down in beautiful fields. And, um, you know, so this is exactly, this is, this is David showing mankind that the rest, this is David showing us the recipe for a happy life. That he's, and this is perhaps the most important lesson and the most important message in this parak is that it's not about your life circumstances, but it's about your mindset. Your life will be happy if you focus on things that make you happy. It doesn't matter anything else that's going on in your life. It's all about your mindset. So um, I'll make a suggestion, um, just another nice suggestion to consider, to think about. Consider having a running note in your phone. And, you know, we're always lately, especially we're on our phones so, too much. Um, so let's do something good with it. Create a running, like a note in your notes app. And that will be, you can title it whatever you want. Mine is called Evidence. In, the, in other words, evidence of Hashem taking care of me and supporting me through life. And every time something happens that makes you feel loved, supported, taken care of, jot it down over there. Um, it could be any time. Any, if, it could be right when it happens. It could be in the morning. It could be at night. The point is that you should have this running list in your phone always, and you will see a major, um, a major shift in your mindset, which will create a lot more happiness in your life regardless of the circumstances. Pasuk Vav. Ach tov yir defuni Only goodness and kindness should follow me all the days of my life. Okay, I don't have so much time left, so I'm going to skip on the explanation for this one for now. But again, we see David Amalek is focusing on the tov and the chesed in his life. V'shafti b'veis Hashem yorach yamim. And I will sit in the house of Hashem for many days. Um, this re- <coughs> sorry. This reminds me of the, what we say in Lazavet Hashem. We say Shifti Bevez Hashem Kol Yemei Chayai. The same mushroom here. The Shafti Bevez Hashem Liorachemim. So David is expressing his desire to live with Hashem, and he doesn't just talk. He does. Um, he he actually does live with Hashem, and in fact, he constantly lives with Hashem. With the, he lives with in his life, the, the feeling that Hashem is always watching him and always there with him. And this is what gives him the Kosi Rivaya. This is what gives him the overwhelming gratitude and happiness, even in the midst of his greatest challenges. So in summary, we learned a lot of lessons from this parak tonight. I suggest you jot down um, if you have a pen and paper or on your notes app, um, I suggest you jot down the following. We're gonna, I'm just going to sum up the lesson by going over the seven different lessons that I went over with you today. Uh, it's a lot in the 20, 30-minute class that I'm giving, so I would suggest you write it down. Also, I want to give you a practical exercise after. 
If you don't like taking notes, I, I'm going to be sending notes of each class on my WhatsApp group. So if you want to join, send a WhatsApp to 917-757-7358. 917-757-7358. Okay, so the seven lessons that we discussed in this talk. Number one, we said, um, and these, like, like we said, the topic of tonight's class was transcending challenge. And these are seven unbelievably effective ways of doing just that. Um, so number one, use loneliness as an opportunity. Loneliness is a huge challenge for people, huge, major. In my coaching business, I can see um, a lot of times when people are depressed, it's a result of not having enough social interaction in their life. Um, so loneliness is a major thing. Use it. Um, definitely try to find yourself people to surround you with. Um, definitely. But also, when you are in a situation that you're alone, use it as an opportunity. Number two, accept and surrender when things are not going your way. Say, I can let go. Hashem is carrying me. I'm being carried. Three, use your challenges as road signs, as stepping stones. Follow the yellow brick road. Number four, don't hold grudges. <clears throat> Realize that whoever did anything wrong to you is simply a messenger. Number five, embrace your roles in life with joy and gratitude. Use the I love statements to help you do that. Number six, see the blessings, even in the hardships. Write down things you are grateful for every day. Seven, create a close bond with Hashem, like David HaMelech says. The Shafi, the base Hashem, and just as a practice, because I need you to come away with something very um, practical. I'm going to give you a quick homework. Take your greatest challenge. Think for a minute about your greatest challenge that you're going through right now. Okay, this is what you're going to do when you hang up with me. I would do it with you on the phone, but we don't have time. Take your greatest challenge right now. Choose one of the seven lessons that I just told you. I'll post it on my WhatsApp group. Choose one of those seven, the one that you think is going to help you most in your challenge and that particular challenge that you're dealing with. And ask yourself, what is the best, easiest, and most practical way to apply this message to help myself in this situation? So I give you some of my own personal examples just to illustrate it to you. And I told you about um, the I can let go, I'm being carried, and that helps with the message of surrendering. Um, the I love statements help us to embrace our role and be grateful for our roles in life. Um, I think I gave you a few more, but I, I don't remember them offhand. Um, so keep, oh, oh, yeah, here. And keeping a running list of the kindness um, that you're finding in your life that's coming to you is a very good way to incorporate the message of gratitude into your life. So which lessons do you pick to meet your challenge in the best way, okay? And what practical steps will you implement to accomplish that? Each one of these messages Really, it could be a one-year course all on its own. I look forward to more Tantahillim this Sunday night. Good night, everyone, and thank you for joining me.